You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much, as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, the Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio, brought to you by our friends at Virtual Orthodontics, where this was a, a big week for my boy. He had to, according to Virtual Orthodontics, get some teeth moved. His mouth was crowded. The big teeth couldn't come in. The little teeth were causing problems. We had to have a Corey Clark. We had to get it done. We had to pull some teeth. And uh, it took place yesterday, and he's better for it. It kind of sounded like you were questioning them, though, by saying, according to them, he had to have this done. As if a second no, no, opinion no, no, no. Have... I, no, no, I trust the experts. And, and okay, the experts, good. first orthodontics, got it right. No, that's why we did it. I, I didn't have to get a second opinion. As soon as Dr. Birch came out to the car and told me, hey, Jeff, I hate to say it, but uh, we got to do it. We got to make room. And uh, the sooner the better. I'll give my boy credit. He, uh, he, he didn't want to do it. Who would? But he uh, res- respects and appreciates Dr. Birch and, and said, okay, well, then if we got to do it, let's get it done as soon as we possibly can. And so four days after she told us, he got it done. And there we go. We're all, we're moving on. And I will say this, it, you know, when my oldest, and I think I mentioned this before, when Molly, we went to two different orthodontists who told us we would need, uh, we would likely, she would likely need jaw surgery because she had some significant issues as well. And Dr. Birch was the only one that we talked to that really thought we could work through it uh, maybe like a three-year process to get through it in terms of braces and, um, and and some other, I guess, measures. We moved some – I think we did remove one or two teeth, but we didn't have to do the jaw surgery and uh, it ended up being huge. It saved us money, but it also was was really good for, for Molly, who was concerned about it. So, yeah, virtualorthodontics.com is a website. You can get a free uh, consultation. They'll tell you what they need. They've got payment plans. And uh, if it's a tough situation, you just got to buck up and have uh, half your teeth removed. Like uh, that's exactly like Clark. Clark did. Yeah, that's absolutely. 
All right. Alan writes, gentlemen, thanks for helping us keep sane this year. We know that FSU has produced dominant athletes in many sports, so why hasn't Jeff used his golf connections to get Cargo Pants Corey a spot in a Michelob Ultra commercial with Brooks Kepka? Hashtag ultra smooth for that ass. Yeah, man, I could do something with Kepka. We're, we're two pretty famous so? guys. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I guarantee I, meet, I drink more ultra than he does. I think you no probably do. Brooks Kepka's drinking ultra. How tall is Kepka? Uh, my height, but a little, little bit shorter, maybe about six feet. I'm about six one, so yeah, right there. He's kind of barrel chested. I mean, you just yeah. might not want to stand next to him, Corey. Is all I'm saying in the commercial. Like no, maybe you not, guys, we're not, we're not here to take shots at my physique. Oh, what we're are here we here to answer headliner questions? Uh, I think the question, I think the way to present that, Ira, and it's a good point you made, Corey. Not wanting to be next to to Brooks, there we should have Corey caddy for Brooks, and they share a Bud Light after. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I be, ultra. With, yeah. with your toupee. A, I could be in a baby Bjorn, and I could just be on his chest. <laughs> he could just have a grown man strapped to his chest. Giving him advice so about where to hit. Yeah, yeah, I could be whispered into his ear, you need an eight iron here. My, my favorite part would be if you were strapped to his back and you were facing the other direction. Like you couldn't see what was in front of you as he walked down the fairway. But you have your yardage book, and then you would lean over your shoulder into his right ear and go, Think we need a seven here, big guy. Yeah, big guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are we on? Are we dancing? Hey, can you work on it? If you could work on maybe a little Scottish accent. No, I, I, can't do that. I wish I could. I just got the Liam Neeson. That's it. <laughs> and just to remind everybody, the prowess of you delivering Liam Neeson. Would you please no, no, no. do it? No, I can't. I can't. I haven't done it in two. I haven't done it in a while. You're, not, I've done you're it. not in character? No, no, no in I character. can't do it. I got to get in character. <laughs> right. Yeah, you need, like, you, need a, you need the director to tell you. I, need a, couple, I need a couple days to practice. Spencer writes, guys, I'm here to tell you that you do, in fact, have a listener in Louisiana. How about next time hating on Mississippi or Arizona <laughs> or somewhere else? We get enough of a hard time for these hurricanes. Who's giving you a hard time for hurricanes? Um, so what's more likely, the next time FSU football plays in Louisiana, it will be in Shreveport or in New Orleans? Ooh, that is a good question. I, they're never going to be invited back to Shreveport, I don't think. Um, no so thanks to you. Uh, yeah, I didn't help. So it's going to be uh, New Orleans. And by the way, if we do have a listener, we have probably multiple listeners in Louisiana. Please be safe. That thing is bearing down on Louisiana. And it, it's, uh, I, I think one of the words was like unsurvivable storm surge. If you're close to the coast, so get away. Nor is so going to hit it and hit it hard. Can we hope, by the way, and I agree, Corey, we do, we, our thoughts are with all the fine folks in Louisiana. And Texas. Uh, and Texas. And Texas, of course. But uh, I would say this. Let's just hope that is the traditional hyperbole as explained on the Weather Channel, where when it's 10 miles per hour, it's unsurvivable. Uh, and, and that we're all in deep, deep trouble. Our lives are in peril. I right. hope they're just overplaying it as they want to do on the, uh, on the Weather Channel. Well, that's, yeah, that's better than what, if that's the actual reality. But right now, it's a cat, as I'm looking at it now, it's Category 4, 140 mile an hour, and it's going you right think, towards Lake Charles. You think, like, the weather guys, like, listen to sports writers in, like, preseason practice, and they're like, man, those guys will hype up anything. <laughs> probably hey by the way i i do want to get this on the record since i made fun of lake charles on last week's show i didn't want this for you lake charles i'm sorry i made fun of your uh you know your city your city but i didn't want a hurricane to hit it so please be safe in lake charles please get out of lake charles Charles. legitimately get out of lake charles yeah i said that last week too all right here we go (laughs) 
Preston writes, good morning, you three beautiful bastards. Corey recently stated on his other podcast, which is not to be named, that this team is basically the same as the 99 team because he went and watched a night scrimmage of the 99 team on a date, yeah. and the offense sucked in too. Ira and Jeff, will the 2020 team be as good as the 1999 Knowles? <laughs> by the way, I'm wrong. It was, it was 98. By the way, by the way, hashtag embrace debate for that ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can y'all weigh in on the – I mean, a lot of people are already talking about it on the boards, but 2020 foot, Florida State football versus 1999. Florida State football, like where do you where do you see it playing out? I mean, it see, I can see the similarities. Um, I mean, we all can see the similarities. Obviously, right. um, yeah. they both will put eleven players on the offense and eleven players on defense, which will be different than last year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we I think we need to relax on that though. I, I think it's too premature. Let's see what they do against okay, Georgia fair. Tech. Now, look, the point was I went to we Shannon and I snuck into a scrimmage. It was the nineteen ninety eight season we we in august we snuck into a scrimmage and literally the offense did nothing and the offense had chris winky travis minor peter warwick and they did jack squat i don't i'm not sure i saw him get a first down and then um i, I was just comparing that to like that's what you want that 98 defense was incredible that's why the 98 offense couldn't move on it so the people that were doing so much hand wringing because the offense didn't do well in the scrimmage well, you'd rather the defense be good right now. That's a good sign. You don't want your offense just slicing and dicing. I do think the defense is going to be good. I think the question people are asking right now is, is the defense only look good because the offense is going to be so bad? I don't think that's – I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. I think the defense right. could be really good and the offense could be average-ish, maybe below average. Um, that doesn't mean the defense isn't going to be really good. I do think they will. I agree with that. And, and I agree with that, but I also just want to answer the original question definitively. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Preston, this team is not as good as the 98 Knowles. Wow. Uh, or 99. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or 99 for that matter. You are bringing it today. Yeah, you are bringing it. It's crazy. I'm just, you just hate this team. You hate the 2020 I'm, team. I'm just spitting facts. They're not going to be as good as the 98 team. <laughs> okay. so, will the, we'll, we'll see. They, will they be as good as 2009? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually anymore. like that. I like that 09 team. I like that team. Little, little Rod um, Owens for your ass. Yeah. Rod Owens for that ass. I was just about to say it. That's right. The no, offense won't like, be as good, but the defense better correct. be a lot yeah. better. Well, the defense in 09 was on roller skates. That's uh, why. I, like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's why I think it would have been a classic matchup. That'd have been a war, Ira. That would have been a war. This offensive line might have moved that defensive line. How about that? That's yeah. you're right. You got a chance. Um, Brian writes each take a role between Norvell. Atkins and Dillingham. What would the conversation sound like behind closed doors after a couple of pops regarding this offensive line? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot of that. It'd be like, oh boy, what in the world were they doing? What in the world have they been doing here? I think it's that. Yeah, I think you're right because I don't think it would be criticism of each other. I think it would be like, listen, guys, whatever you thought we could do offensively is likely not true because they didn't do anything to, to help us with this group up front. We're going to have to protect them at all costs. So let's play the win field position. Let's play to our strengths here and don't get any, don't get crazy. You and, think and so Atkins, Atkins is probably like, listen, guys, I can only do so much. I can only do so much. That's what I'm wondering. Do you think there's like a support group for former FSU offensive line coaches? I like, wonder if Atkins has been like, guys, I, I might want to go back to Charlotte. Like, I, I don't know that I can handle this. 
<laughs> I had more talent in Charlotte. I, I think he appreciates the challenge. Yeah, it's uh. Got it. Yeah, I mean, just you know, though, it's gonna be interesting. You know, it's funny listening to Ron Dugans talk about Norvell yesterday. Um, he talked about how demanding he is and how he loves it, and I think he was talking about the position coaches. Like, I think yeah. he was saying how he demanding Norvell is on the staff, which was, I mean, that's pretty cool. I don't think I've heard that very often. I mean, we know Jimbo was demanding of his assistant coaches. We saw him berate them, but uh, I think that you know, again, I, I think that so. My point is, I don't think Alex Atkins can just go to them and just throw up his hands. And I think that's kind of some of the things we heard a couple of years ago um, from a previous offensive line coach was just like, look, man, it's going to be a year or two before we get. And I think Norvell's of the mindset of, well, we got to figure something out. Like, I need, think- uh, I need, I need Mike to figure out who his DOS is. I want, I want at some point DOS. Mike to have a DOS. You know, <laughs> Jimbo very early on let you know who was going to be his guy. DOS. Over and over and over again. So now yeah. I need Mike to have somebody to just scream out whenever he's frustrated about anything. The weather, uh, finances, anything. It's got to be Dillingham, right? Just so he can yell, Dilly, Dilly, Dilly. Yeah. Dilly yeah. over and over again. Damn it, Dilly would be Damn perfect. It, right? Dilly. <laughs> Damn it, Dilly. Damn it, Dilly. It's perfect. I love it. Seminole Headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Continuing with headliner questions, Marlon writes, top of the morning to y'all, gents. Can I recrochet me a dread hat? I don't crochet. <laughs> so you crochet. You crochet, just like that. The scenario we uh, we talked about last week. There's got to be some of that going down. Do you knit? Can we can we can we move on? Can we move on? So Coach Norvell is walking back the fact that we are still butt ass sorry on the offensive line. My question is for how good this staff is and will be when we will see the talent in the trenches reflect the coaching. I think it's going to be at least three years before we get back to the elite status at minimum. What do you guys say? I love the show. Good job, Marlon. That's a good question because everybody has to manage expectations, but also remain hopeful. And, you know, I think as a, as a Seminole, I would tell you that I don't believe we're at an elite level uh, for another two years. So, yeah, I think three years from now is when you'd first see the, the matching of coaching acumen to go along with the upgraded talent up front. This is specific about the offensive line? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, I, mean, and, I, I, yeah. I think you said offensive line and elite status. So when, how uh, long before they become elite on the offensive line? Yeah, it's got to be at least a couple years, at least a couple years before you're even good on the offensive line. But uh, you could be okay this year, maybe, and then a little bit better next year, and then maybe by that, the next year you're elite. I mean, um, there's a chance they could be pretty good, though, in a year or two. If, if I mean, the way they talk about Robert Scott and uh, Thomas Schrader, the two true freshmen – it's that's pretty impressive. I mean, the fact that those guys are already in their top eight. Um, so maybe in well, a year, well, I'm just saying, as true freshmen, that's impressive. With, well, it's within, impressive for them, but it's maybe not. It also it speaks to the oh, it, quality of the roster when they got here. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. But it also is impressive that they like them. That yep. they, they seem to really like them. So that's two guys. Uh, I think we, you know, we feel like. Um, you know, Darius Washington has got some potential. We feel like Dante Lucas is definitely going to be really good by next year. So, I mean, there's – and then Maurice Smith. I mean, I think he showed some potential last year. They like him a lot. If he takes over at center next year, uh, if, you know, if, if 
Schrader. I mean, so they could be to, to where they're pretty good by next year. Elite. I mean, that's just when's the last time Florida State was elite on the offensive line? I mean, there's only been a couple of years in the last 20. Uh, Unfortunately, you just you just reminded us. Yes, that's that's very true. Very frustrating. Uh, Kyle writes, "Hey guys, thanks for always putting a smile on my face during these crazy times. I was a student during the lost decade. I actually stayed in the same dorm as the great producer Tom Lang my freshman year at Seminole Oaks. No question, just wanted to drop a compliment to the three of you and the job you're doing. Well, thanks, Kyle. Appreciate thanks, that. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, appreciate that. Yeah. everybody should do that. Yeah, we they should. Uh, John writes, "Hey fellas." John from Nebraska, I cannot tell you how much the local media is railing on Big Ten for canceling the season. They keep telling fans to get over it, but each day they keep moaning about no season and really think there will be a spring or winter season. No way. How do you think the reaction would be now if the ACC canceled the season or even pushed it back to October? As always, great job and go Knowles. John, um, I don't think it would be a big deal if they pushed it back to October. I think it would be a big deal, obviously, if they canceled it. Uh, and I think the people's reaction around here would be similar to that of the uh, Big Ten country. They'd be very, very sad and frustrated and uh, worried. And, you know, because I don't think there's going to be a spring football season. I agree with John, by the way, guys. Yeah, and I think the the what's making things much worse for the Big Ten, obviously, is the fact that the ACC, Big 12, and SEC are just still moving on. If, if everybody had stopped like they expected, they wouldn't look nearly as bad. Now, if, if the ACC pulled the plug – and all of the you know, everybody did, then you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be as painful as it has been for the Big Ten. I mean, that's gonna. Can you imagine if this really happens? If these games are played in these three conferences plus some other smaller teams sporadically, an entire season while these Big Ten and Pac-12 kids are just sitting at home. I mean, it's uh, it's. I mean, that's crazy. Well, in the way, but no matter what happens, the Big Ten decision and the Pac-12 decision will not make sense with the timing of it. Like what? What changed in the four days to make you go from we've just released our schedule to now we're not playing a football season? Look, there's a chance that in the next week or ten days the ACC pushes things back to October or just says we're going to try again in the spring. There's a chance, but at least they're trying. Yeah. Like at least they're trying. They've shown their constituents that they're trying and they're full steam ahead. It just makes no sense. What was the harm for the Big oh. Ten to 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 keep to to just practice to see if things got better? I mean, I'll cut the Pac-12 some some slack because they have they've got hotspots in like eight or nine of their 12 uh, conference cities. So that's that's their bigger issue. They they weren't even sure if they'd be able to start a practice because of the 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 rulings by the city and the counties. Um, but the Big Ten makes no sense. Not only did they release the schedules on that that like Wednesday or Thursday before they announced it, but like Penn State put out an announcement about the, that they weren't going to allow fans. Like, there's yeah. no way you make that announcement. Why would you make that announcement if you think they're going to stop everything two days later? So they completely didn't. Um, it's a uh, that, that Big Ten commissioner, I'll be surprised if he's still there 18 months from now. Well, man, I'm telling you, he's definitely uh, – this isn't a conspiracy. They are definitely rooting for outbreaks at these colleges so that the SEC and ACC have to postpone or cancel. There's no doubt. Well, yeah, because otherwise, uh, because otherwise, I think he's going to lose his job. Yeah, he's going to look like uh, uh, he's going to look like a fool. I mean, think about that decision. Not not only is it think about the the consequence of that decision. Again, if they play, we'll see if they play the ACC and the SEC and the Big Twelve. But if they play, not only did it 
the damage it did to your players who have worked all offseason, now they can't play their season. Not only, and then you're going to have kids transferring. Not only did the damage it did to programs in general in terms of just the, the quality of, of what they're able to do with their program, but think of the financial impact to all these schools. I mean, like Florida State and these ACC schools are going to take a bath financially even if they play because they can't get people in the games. But it's not nearly the bath they would take if they didn't have the TV revenue. I mean, it's uh, you're talking about costing all of those schools $100 million or more on what they're going to lose this this season by that decision, which may have been based on you know questionable information. And again, like if they had just canceled colleges and say, look, we're doing remote only for everyone. We're shutting down campuses. We don't want you coming back to our communities. Then the decision would make a lot more sense, in my opinion. It doesn't make any sense to open up your campus and open up your colleges and open up those communities, but then not have football. But you still have frat parties. Like to me, that that's where it just doesn't make sense. Anyway, no, Zach writes. Zach now writes. Uh, Zach writes. Now that we are only 17 days away, have had two scrimmages and have a general idea of what the offense and the defense will look like. Has your outlook on the season changed? Is seven to eight wins realistic this year with this offensive line? Yeah, I think so, because we continue to hammer home the point that competence matters. And I do believe this will be a very competent football team. They're going to be well-coached. They're going to be disciplined. I think they're going to have a clue what they're being asked to do. They're going to understand the scheme. Uh, I think they'll play with good technique, especially on defense. The areas of weakness are obvious. Uh, Your average quarterback at best, uh, you're, you're not good enough or deep enough or talented enough on the offensive line. Uh, again, but they'll coach away and, and, and try to protect those areas of weakness. And just by being competent, you should beat a number of teams in this yeah. league. It's not like this is the SEC. Look, I know we get all upset when people laud the SEC as being better, but it is a lot better than the ACC currently. And you're not having to play LSU one week, Alabama the next week, Florida the week after that, Georgia the week after that. You're playing the likes of Georgia Tech. And, you know, NC State and, and people like, I mean, Jesus, you can stumble into six, seven wins with that. We did last year with what we think was a, well, we know is a worse coaching staff and uh, was probably a worse team overall. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it, the offensive line, even if it's the exact same, well, last year the offensive line was good enough that if James Blackman can hit Tamari and Terry streaking down the sideline against Virginia, if you can hold on to a 20-something point lead against Boise State, if you can somehow get a first down against Wake Forest, mighty Wake Forest. Well, that's nine wins from last year's team. It's what we remember, though, is is those really close, painful losses, but then just the annihilations by your rivals to show you how far away you are from them. You are still far away from Clemson in Florida, probably. But everybody else in the ACC, if you're competent, even with not a great offensive line or even a good offensive line, you are capable of running the table against everybody in the conference not named Clemson. Yeah, if the defense was anything like what it was last year, I would not predict they're going to win seven or eight games. But I think we all think the defense is going to be really good, at least good. And uh, against this competition, yeah, I think that seven, eight wins is still definitely very possible. Seminole Headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Back to headliner questions. Let's get to Dean Wright. Hey, guys, I know lots of folks think we shouldn't have a playoff this year, but I do. What do you think? 
Here's why I say we can. Let's be real here. Outside of the ACC, SEC, and Big 12, there are only four teams from the Pac-12 and Big 10 that even have a shot. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Oregon. And frankly, it's probably just Ohio State. Thanks again. Go Knowles. Yeah, I think Corey agrees with you. Ira agrees with you. I think the season's kind of farcical, and I'd put an asterisk next to a national champion, but that's all right. I mean, if no, they want Yeah, I would. I, I mean, listen, it's if a bit Florida of a joke, State, If Florida State won the national championship, you'd put an asterisk like they have in Clemson for the, the 2012 yeah. conference championship? I, I certainly wouldn't object to people at other conferences thinking that that was a bit of a suspect national title. Sure. Well, they could have not been babies and maybe played. <laughs> Sean writes, why hasn't there been a mass exodus of football players transferring? This has to affect the Pac-12 Big Ten recruiting, right? There's nowhere to go. I mean, everybody, nowhere to go, no, right. yeah, nobody has room on their scholarship. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't go into the season with five extra spots. And, and if you do, the, you're doing a poor job. Yeah, and the position in the situation Florida State's in was they're, they're, they've signed 25 kids in the spring, so they can't just bring in, and with transfers, they can't just bring in a bunch of new players. They could put Deontay Sheffield and Wyatt Rector on scholarship because they're under 85, but you can't bring in that many new players every year. So even though there's kids on the market, Florida State couldn't bring them in. Well, and the timing of it, too, like it happened in early August. If the, if the Big Ten would have announced it in June, then you're, there could have been an exodus. And, I, you know, I know there's a kid from UCLA, that uh, a good offensive tackle that transferred to Baylor. There are yeah. going to be a handful here and there, pockets of guys. But, yeah, it just can't be a mass exodus because most schools are full. And, you know, even if you transfer right now, you've got, what, two weeks if you come to an ACC school to get ready for the season? I think that's all Justin Fields needs. Let's go. That's not a bad think- play. What is he doing? What is he, what's he going to do, just sit out a football season? Come on, Fields. Yeah, let's get your ass to Tallahassee. Uh, Gabe writes, Jeff, Ira, and the captain. We are approaching two weeks till Georgia Tech and still no TV-related details. I've always been cautious that the season could start, stop, cancel at a moment's notice, but doesn't it feel like we're all being strung along without any confirmed Power 5 game times, especially for the first week of the season? I don't think so. I mean, it could – it, you know, like I said, we've said before, it could end up not happening, but I think you'll get game times. I mean, this is a, I mean, just think about how crazy this situation's been from a, from a scheduling standpoint. They still don't know exactly who, like NC State and, and uh, who was NC State playing Virginia? Is that who they were supposed to play? Virginia Tech, I think. Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Uh, that game just got moved back two weeks. I mean, everything's so fluid. Uh, I think we'll get times here pretty quickly. Knowing seminal headlines, they'll probably come out before the show airs. But uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a concerted effort to string people along. Well, no, knowing headlines, they'll cancel the season before oh. the stairs. Yeah, that's, that's our luck. Robert writes, hey, fellas, if the university is concerned with everybody's safety, wouldn't it be best to have no fans? So then they wouldn't have to worry or try to deal with tailgating where people stay or sit and worry about community spread. I believe that would be that would maybe help continue or have a season. Great work, guys. Thank you. I mean, yes, if you can, so, yeah, but if you can bring in 20,000 fans at $50 a pop or $60 a pop, that's a lot of revenue. I, I don't think they're concerned from what I, I don't think they're concerned about the players being affected by the fans, no matter how many fans are in there. They're just trying to do by limiting the fans. They're just trying to reduce the exposure possible of spread among the fans. Yeah. Uh, and you know what, what the cities and the state guidelines are. So um, I don't think that really changes whether or not they can play uh, personally. Well, you just don't want 
you don't want an outbreak or a cluster of 180 people or 300 people being tied yeah. back to your football game. So that's that's the concern you have. But at some point, you're an adult. Nobody's making you go to the football game. You take some personal responsibility in that regard. And no, if I thought there was any chance that a, a fan could get a player sick, I mean, but that how would that be unless they ran on the field and coughed in their face? The uh, and then they're wearing a face mask. They're wearing like the Corey Clark designed helmet. So if you, the, you, it's just going to be spittle on their on their shield. If, and then uh, they'd probably be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, if uh, yeah, and it, you know, if they're socially distanced in the stands and people are wearing masks when they're coming and going, and it's all outdoors. I think it's going to be okay. I mean, my, my expert scientist opinion is uh, I think there's a good chance they'll be okay. And there is a small group of them, and they all gather down underneath the sign that says top 40 defense on the wall as they smoke their cigarettes that yeah. are immune to COVID. They've already <laughs> done so many things to their body in terms of the many drugs they intake, the two sure. or three packs of cigarettes a day. That group right there can't get COVID. So you let that group in and they can celebrate in that little den of iniquity that we described. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that group's in at all times. Uh, Drew writes, fellas, with Terry putting up crazy numbers with these quarterbacks he's had, who is your, if only he had had better players around him, running back with the offensive line, wide receiver with the quarterback, vice versa, player to play at FSU. Imagine if Terry had, for example, Winston or the 2013 offensive line. Since Corey is getting a toupee, Ira really should finally shave his head. Time to oh shave it, Ira. Oh, my uh, gosh. Keep up the good work. And then he wrote, hashtag, shave it for that ass. <laughs> what Not in a million years. You should, uh, Ira, you, you've got to make some sort of sacrifice if they actually play on September 12th. You've got to do something. You I'll can't buy just you the show wig. up to a game. You're not buying me a wig. You can do something, man. Do something. Jeff's going to not wear a shirt. I'll, uh, I am legitimately going to be in a toupee. What are you going to be doing? I will, I will, I will get um, Kim to crochet you a blanket for the press box when it's cold. Yes. Nope. I, I, like I want a picture of you and Kim crocheting together. <laughs> with your shirt off, obviously. You, not Kim, with you, with your shirt off behind her. I want the Afghan to be of the three of us which is the picture from the Seminole Headlines page on Facebook, and the three of us can cuddle in the studio or in the in the uh, press box. With the we'll post. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to be that close to you. What's the matter with you? Yeah, did, yeah. you especially want to be with me with no shirt on. Did Swayze, <laughs> did Swayze not have a shirt on? No, of course not. He had just woken up. It's the middle of the night. She couldn't sleep. So she was, what do you, making I guess play, I, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think I was focused on her. Yeah, yeah. she did have a shirt on. Yeah. Oh, it was a big, big long one. It was big, barely, one of his one of his dress shirts. Yeah, you know, which is look. it's a good look. Yeah, yeah. it's a great. <laughs> I think we've established over the years we really like the look. <laughs> Ladies, if you're yeah. wondering, that's a look we like. That's a good look. I I truly believe that he got up not to go make love to her, but because he was going to have a cigarette, and then she happened. <laughs> kind of what happened there. Well, and nobody um, knows that, but that's what she was making was an ashtray. It was an ashtray. She was yeah. She was <laughs> making an ashtray. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Oh, by the way, who, we didn't answer Drew's question. Who's the player that you said, man, if they had only had. Uh, one cool is question. Christian Ponder. If Christian Ponder had played in the dynasty instead of like, say, Thad Busby, do they win a national title or two? Um, and then Tamari Terry's a good one, man. 
Like nobody in the history of this program has put up some of the numbers he's put up as far as these long touchdowns. And he's done it with a bad offensive line, not good quarterback play, and quite frankly, no other threats on the wide receiver, no consistent threats on the wide receiver core. So imagine him opposite of like E.G. Green. I mean, he put up enormous numbers. So that, that that's mine. I would go with um, Leon, Leon Washington, not from a offensive line standpoint. They had a, they were okay on the offensive line, but it was just yeah. the quarterback in the offense. Yeah, yeah, coach, a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Leon Washington, that's a big one. I that's the one I always go to as well. Uh, Walter writes, welcome back to the midweek edition of We Going to Break Some News today. We just don't know what it is. <laughs> Hello, fellas. Show. My vote for the fourth quarter music is Flow Rider featuring T Pain with Low. Um, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> That's not bad. That's a different a different vibe than the Tom Petty thing, but uh, or a lot I'll, different. Vibe I like it. Smoking the Bandit. Yeah, I do. I kind of like it. Uh, he goes on imagine to those say, alums. I met, number one, imagine the alums just in general dancing to that, and the way you're supposed to dance to that on the alum side, the, you know, the 50, 60, 70 year olds. But then imagine like a mostly quarantined stadium, so you really get to see them dance. But really, like everybody's got a, a row to themselves. I do think he's on the right track with T Pain as opposed to uh, Creed. Creed, yeah, no, that's a very good point. The T, yeah, doesn't the T stand for Tallahassee? It does. Well, then exactly. He, you've got to you've got to honor him some way. Come back, wrap it up momentarily. Hang in. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal headlines presented by Capital City Bank returns now on ninety-seven nine ESPN Radio. All right, more questions as we get set to say goodbye. By the way, Walter noticed that uh, he second part of his question to end the last segment was that he believes uh, we've got to go back to 1980, Lincoln, Nebraska, and win every game 18-14 to 14 with a stout defense and an awesome kicking game. I think we go 10-0, boys. Okay, <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah uh, Chris writes, Corey and Ira, I read Signing Day last week and really enjoyed it. Corey, would you <laughs> sign it for me as sweet <laughs> – Corey, can you sign it for me as sweet pea? Ira, any chance your family could knit me a tote bag to carry it in? Uh, if he if he legitimately read it, then absolutely, I'll 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 give him ten dollars and sign it as Sweet Pea. That would uh, be really nice. What year did that come out, Corey? I'm gonna say oh five. Man, four oh five. Yeah. What, what, are, we gonna do the, what, are, what are we gonna do the for sequel? the twentieth anniversary? No, the twentieth anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, Darius Walker was a freshman at Notre Dame when it came out. So that's Drew how long Weatherford. ago it was. Drew Weatherford, Drew was, Weatherford was a freshman at Florida State when it came out, yeah. Um, and and they, uh, my family does not knit, so uh, that's not going to happen. It's crochet. Yeah, they crochet. It's a whole different verb. Lewis writes, fellas, I appreciate the work you all put in. It's always a blast to listen to the three of you. My question is, what NFL or college football uniform from the past would you like to see a team begin to wear permanently? Most of them do already. Like, like, well, the Jets switched back now, but the Jets had done it, and it was great. Uh, I don't know. I mean, <sighs> the Chargers made the switch to the – I like the Chargers. I See, like that's what I was thinking. I like the old Chargers, yeah. Yeah, like they the pretty – powder blue. Yeah. I like that one a lot. I, I like the Broncos from, like, the 80s, too. I would say the Buccaneers going back to – uh, the creamsicles, Bucko Bruce and the creamsicles. I think that'd be ideal. I would like that. Um, it's crazy how that went from the shame of wearing those uniforms to people now desperately wanting to see those again. I'd be all right with that. Yeah, you know, I, like those, I think those are good answers. Most of them have kind of stayed the same, though, throughout. 
but I think the Chargers is the is the correct answer. I, I can't think of a college football one that comes that leaps to mind. Ryan writes, Jeff Ira and Rector exam. What's more likely to happen? <laughs> Jeff surfs off the coast of South Africa in murky water right at dusk. Corey skydives, or Ira does whatever Ira's scared to do. What are you scared to do, Ira? Uh, man, I, I, anything with, uh, I mean, uh, jumping out of an airplane that would uh, That's never mine. happen. Um, That's you know what? My, my would, if my second one would be deep sea di- like d- diving, deep sea diving, like anything where you're like, the whole goal is to try to get back up to air. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. I, you know, so any, not my thing. Anytime you're out of your element, yeah. Where, like, you can't – because the thing is, like, if, if you're down there I – mean, I'm sure it's beautiful, but, man, I've got Discovery Channel. But if, I'm sure right. it's beautiful down there. But, like, if something goes wrong, I mean, you got a long way to go. I mean, it's, you just yank on, the, you yank on the cord thing, and they all come down and get you, right? That I don't works. know how it works. No, I, I would be in one of those uh, – like, the thing they use to, like, explore old ships that are down there, like the big – they're like uh it's like a vehicle when it's like yeah. a one person pod that goes down there. I think I could I could hang in that, listen to podcasts and just roam around the ocean floor. That'd be kind of fun. Let me tell you what I wouldn't do. That nonsense cave diving where you can't see an inch in front of you and guys get stuck down there in caves and lose their way and all they can do is sit and wait to die as the air slowly but surely comes out of their regulator and they know at some point they're going to take a breath and there's no more air in the tank. That would suck. Well, you, we all uh, got to go some way. Did you Did you guys see the the deep when you were kids? Yeah, yeah, I did. And that that movie that 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 bothered me more than Jaws when I was a kid. It never even heard of it. Never even heard of it. You're lying. I haven't. I bet I'm like 85 percent of our audience never even heard of it. Wasn't that Jacqueline Bis- Jacqueline Bisset? I'm I pretty sure. So. I saw the deep. Yeah, man. Did you see Prophecy, saw- Corey? No, I saw The Abyss and I saw Leviathan back in the mm. 80s, if that counts. Oh, and Titanic. I, I saw Titanic. Well, by, the way, Corey, by the way, Corey, The Deep came out in 1977. Might have been a little oh. bit. A little bit before my time. You had you got cable? You had cable in the 80s? I've literally never heard of it. Never heard of it. Well, go get go get learned up. I will. Go, 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 uh, go check it out. I just like that Ira made a reference to a movie from 1977. Yeah, that's 43 good. years old. <laughs> I said, I said, when you were kids, did you see the movie The Deep? I didn't act like it just came out. I can always depend on Ira because I give a ghost reference, which that's a 30-year-old movie. But I know Ira's always going to make it look (laughs) hip and young with like something from the 70s or early 60s. Uh, Nathaniel writes, and he'll be our final question of the day. Kudos to Sugar Plum for posting his Facebook prompt at a reasonable hour this week. Hooray for average after a week of ass sorry from that guy. I just, <laughs> right. You're welcome. I just wanted to wish young Clark well. I saw that he got five freaking teeth yanked. Besting my son's situation from last week by a couple. Is he like my son who simply hates wiggling his loose teeth, loose teeth and prefers to procrastinate until I get to pay to have them removed? No, that's not why. That's not why. He's got his mouth is crowded. It's too small. and They just wouldn't they wouldn't move on the side. So I was going to say, so how is he doing today? He's good. He ate raisin bread this morning, so he's fine. He, uh, yes, yes, yesterday it was all like shakes and ice cream and stuff and a bunch of uh, 
uh, ibuprofen and Advil. But uh, today he's he's good, man. He ate his raisin bread this morning when he got up, and I was like, okay, he's back to normal. At first, I thought you said razor blades, <laughs> which is not <laughs> good. Exactly. Real it's tough. Not, no. yeah. That's how the cameras roll, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, so no. And by the way, he did say Nathaniel did. On the bright side, I can only imagine the wonders that Dr. Dr. Birch will soon work with, with such a blank canvas. Yeah, no <laughs> point. Yeah. Um, like Jackson Pollock also, with that thing. Um, by the way, Brent wants to say to you, Corey, quit plagiarizing Vanilla Ice with your Seminole Headlines announcements. Don't tell me what to do. How about that? How about that, Brent? If I plagiarize Vanilla Ice, I apologize, but... I assume he plagiarized someone too. He, oh, he made up his whole life. He made up his whole backstory. Fair, fair assumption. Fair assumption. <laughs> All right, boys. Another outstanding show. You guys were really good today. I just I want you to know I'm proud of you. Thanks, because you weren't great. You were you were distracted. It seemed like from beginning to end. But wow. Ira and I, I thought, really stepped up and carried the show. I don't think that's fair, though. I think he's got some technical difficulties. He's trying to manage, keep this thing working. He's got remote cameras. He's got, I mean, this thing is a, it's, I mean, he's basically bailing wire and, and, and rubber bands keeping this, this show afloat. And you're going to criticize his attention and his focus on the content. I mean, I think. Well, let me ask you a question. Is Alex Atkins allowed to go to Mike Norvell and just say, look, these guys aren't any good? Or does Norvell say, I don't care what your excuse is, man. You've got to coach him up. We've got to be good. And, you know, yeah, Jeff has some excuses. He had some obstacles today. But that's no excuse. He's still Jeff Corey. And there's still a standard. There is a standard. i got to tell you, I, I don't think I was bad. I just wasn't as engaged as you'd like Look, normally, look, your standard is high. You were still better than almost any other podcast host in America. That, that goes without saying it still wasn't quite up to the Jeff Cameron standard. That's all. Okay. I'll take that criticism. Thank you for your uh, support, Ira. Thanks for understanding what I'm trying to overcome. You've always been the more empathetic of the two. Um, so, so I appreciate so, that. So yeah. if you, so basically, if you had to reenact the, the, the scene from Ghost, it would be with me, right? Oh, without question. You don't need to know. You're not going to be there. That's the next question I knew was coming. There you go. That's it. You have to. Hey, you know what, Corey? You got an imagination. Oh, yeah, and it's running wild right now. For <laughs> <laughs> Corey Clark and Ira Chappelle, I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace. Seminal headlines presented by Capital City Bank every Tuesday from five to seven p.m. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee Sports Monster.